0: what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh.
1: Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. My name is Jeff Neuvel. I'm your co-host and director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Mahler, who's head of the business department at CBCC. Gary, how are you doing today? Doing great. It's been a great month. been a great month? Cold, but good. Okay, cold. You, you, you've gotten out and uh, now you used to be a golfer. Yes. Do you still get out on the links and uh, can you get out there in February? My
2: favorite phrase now is I. when they ask me about playing golf is I play in the 70s. It needs to be at least 70
1: degrees. That's good. That's good. So you're not, a, the February is not your golfing. Board. No, Okay. No. Today's show, we'll start uh, with some news and notes and talk about an article on successful entrepreneurs and the characteristics that they have. The main topic of our show is the North Carolina Small Business Center Network and how it works with small businesses and startups in North Carolina to help them get up and running and grow. And then we'll finish up with our, our Small Business of the Month. And we've got two guests with us today. We've got uh, George Millsaps, who is the State Director for the North Carolina Small Business Center Network. And we've got Renee Hode, who is the Charlotte Regional Director of North Carolina Small Business Network. So, so we welcome you guys both to our podcast. Thanks We're for excited being here. you're
0: here.
3: It's great to be here. Thank you very much for having us.
4: Thank you for having us.
1: It's our pleasure. So, yeah, usually we uh, talk about some articles that come across our desk, and and Gary, you found one on uh, secrets of successful entrepreneurs, and it came out of a a book by a woman named Kimberly Palmer, and, uh, you know, talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that you found interesting there. Well, I really like the
2: article because it talks about the secrets to success for an entrepreneur, but it's really secrets to be successful in all types of business or in our life. I mean, one of the first secrets, they say, is have something that motivates you, that really gets you excited. And the second tying right to it is passion. And I think any time you're passionate or motivated, you're going to be more successful than you would if you're just kind of going through the motions. And so I think those are important to us. Uh, Another one, which I thought was interesting, because when people are starting business looking at it, they said these folks were – looking to minimize their expenses and being careful with their funds early on, which is something that we we talk about all the time because people get so excited about the idea, sometimes they forget how they're going to get it funded or how they're going to make it from the idea to a reality. So I thought that was important. And another piece to this article, which ties a little bit to why that made sense, they're talking about people becoming entrepreneurial try to supplement their income, whether they're 20 or 60, and so they're looking at different ideas, and so they're venturing out. They may have an existing job, but they're trying to find something that really gets them going uh, that might help them in the future, that that ties
1: into that thought of monitoring their cost. Well, I found it interesting in that she talks a lot about how younger people are inclined to start side businesses to supplement their income, and also more and more older people, uh, and older people being in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. That's not really that old, is it? Absolutely not. there's are the are young folks. are also doing that as well. And that 17 uh, percent of Generation X, who are people now in their 30s and 40s, are starting side businesses to boost their income. And 12% of baby boomers in their 50s and 60s are doing it as well. And she calls these people side-giggers. Right, and side is, giggers. Everyone nice has term. a side gig. Now, George and Renee, I know you guys work with people that are starting businesses. I mean, Do you, do you often find folks that are uh, have a day job but uh, are, are starting something on the side to supplement their income or maybe become uh, their full-time income down the road?
3: Well, it's, a, it's an excellent way for people to kind of bootstrap themselves because they can keep that primary income going. While they're starting the business, it's a whole lot easier. It takes a lot less capital when you do it that way. And quite often when I have people that are starting to switch careers and and do that kind of thing, I will recommend that they try to do this. They purposely do it, and then they said, well, when will we know when it's time to quit that full-time job? And the answer typically is, is when you are so dead tired <laughs> from working two, when it looks like you're working two full time jobs, and that's when it, then it was probably time to switch over.
1: And hopefully, that's they've got some rule. income coming in as yes. well uh, from that second job too. You know, you know exhaustion is one thing; the income is good as well.
3: Oh, yes. No doubt about
1: that. And, and Renee, you're down in the Charlotte area. Do you see similar folks coming into uh, Central Piedmont Community College? uh,
4: We do. We see a lot of career transitioners that come out to explore entrepreneurship as a career option. But we also, with the recent economy, we've been seeing a lot of individuals who have come in that have been downsized that are looking for recreating themselves by launching their own venture.
1: So, so sometimes uh, the, the side gig becomes a full-time gig a little bit more quickly than, 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 than the, the plan would. might be.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's interesting.
1: That's one of the
2: things that she points out in this article, talking about motivating and getting compassion is the side gig, and sometimes it's that layoff or some traumatic experience in their life that really pushes them over the edge. good news is they were exploring something in the first place.
1: Well, this is true. And, and why don't we uh, use that to sort of transition to our, our topic today, which is really featuring North Carolina's Small Business Center Network. And uh, George is the state director. He uh, operates out of Raleigh, North Carolina. George, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what the Small Business Center Network is, what it does, and and who are the type of people that it works
3: with? I'll be happy to. Thank you. Uh, the Small Business Center Network is a state-funded entity whose sole purpose is to get people who are thinking about starting a business into business or those that are in business that are struggling, help them overcome those struggles and become successful. We have a small business center at each one of the 58 community colleges throughout North Carolina. So if you're in North Carolina and you're hearing this, there's a small business center right down the road from you. It's very accessible and what's great about it is the services of the small business center are free. Well, kind of. Everybody here, well, it is kind of. Everybody here pays their state taxes, we hope, and because of that, they're really prepaid expenses because we're using that tax money to offer services to small businesses. So if you're somebody that's thinking about starting a business or who are in business having some issues, look at it this way. You've already paid for this service. Come on in and take advantage of it. I think that's a great way to look at it, to, to encourage it, it, it is. Get in the door. Uh, yeah, and... If you look at the service we provide, uh, we have over 3,500 seminars every year. So if you're needing to learn something, this is the place to learn. You can go to our main website, which is www.ncsbc.net. And at the bottom there, it says training events. Click on that, and you'll get a list of everyone. Now, the list only come up with 100 at a time. So you might want to limit that to either a topic or something, uh, a location close to you. You can get a a listing of all of our seminars throughout the state. I was going to ask, is it broken out by topic or location? Yes, by by topic or location. You can say uh, nearest center. You can say within 50 miles of me. You can say within the next 30 days. Uh, Those kind of filter things. All those seminars and workshops are free. So you can come in and get good education, some good training on what it is you're, you're needing to know to start that business, or if you're in business having some issues, how to succeed. If you need some additional information or you need that one-on-one assistance, you can go to the Small Business Center and talk to the director, like Jeff's the director at Catawba Valley Community College, and they will sit down with you one-on-one and go through that proposed business or that business to try to find a good solution for you. Uh, we have a lot of tools that we use to help do financial analysis, that kind of thing. So we have some higher-level stuff that we can do with you. Uh, The thing is really to get in and get some help because chances are you've not done this before. And chances are if you're thinking about going to getting a business loan, you've not done that before. The banker has. Lots of time. They have kind of a knowledge uppity on you there so one of the things that the small business center can do is provide that sounding board that feedback that'll give the the response to you and unlike the folks that you're you're living with hopefully they love you and they're going to be giving you good compliments the sbc director's job is to give you that reality well i think that's important
2: a lot of people come in with an idea but they don't have any idea how they're going to take it from that idea to reality or what the things that they need to do right
1: so so does uh, are, are there certain types of businesses that uh, the, the small business center network focuses on or or uh, uh, you know, where', where where's the where 's the real niche for the small business center network
3: right. for the state of North Carolina, we try to play what I call the wide mouth of the funnel, so we try to focus primarily on people who are not in business who want to start a business. And we try to to help those folks. That's why we have so many educational offerings that center around how to start a business. And then our services are are very good at that. Uh, We also deal with ongoing businesses. And so if you ask for our sweet spot, it's probably zero to ten employees, although we quite often go up to 200 employees. If you're looking at the type of business, it's more of you than the center director. Uh, we have people that start cleaning businesses. Uh, we, I visited a center yesterday that they helped start a genetic engineering business. Wow. So that's really kind of outside of what you might think, and it's in Forest City, North Carolina, which is not downtown uh, Charlotte or Raleigh and those kind of places. So you can find interesting niche businesses no matter where you are in the state. Don't worry about what type of business you're starting. Come into the small business center and ask for assistance. Every one of us are professionals, and if you're asking for something we don't provide, we probably know who does, and we'd be happy to get you to that right person.
1: Yeah, North Carolina, big state, uh, has some large cities like Charlotte, Raleigh. Also, have some very rural areas as well. Renee, from a perspective of what you see in Charlotte with the types of people that come into the small business center, are there sort of are there particular industries that uh, that you see more often, or types of uh, Uh, companies that people are looking to start? or Are there there certain trends out there that you're seeing from the Charlotte perspective?
4: From the Charlotte perspective, primarily we serve a lot of service businesses, um, those that are looking to hang out their shingle with the skill or expertise they have from a corporate job that they may have left and are transitioning. Mm -hmm. So we work with a lot of people that are looking at operating consulting practices, but we also have a... um, growing foodie industry so we have a lot of folks coming out with food trucks we have a, a growing population of micro breweries so we're working with those type of clients as well so really it runs the course of the spectrum but primarily a lot of um, service-based industries uh,
1: i i know that you probably know this because you are a, a listener to our podcast but one of the small businesses that we highlighted a couple of shows ago was a company in charlotte called party peddlers, which uh, uh, is located in the NOTA area and they go around and make you uh, pedal their vehicle to various microbreweries and, and as part of my due diligence, I did uh, join them for an event <laughs> and uh, check out uh, some of those microbreweries. You know, it's, it's part of the job that i do here well so. i monthly
2: mean, podcasts do focus around the food and, and beverage beer. industry yeah.
1: so anyway in in terms of the impact that the small business center network uh, has had uh, george uh, how do how do you evaluate the impact that uh, the small business center network has on north carolina how do you keep track of it and, and what sort of success are we having
3: well interestingly enough the most important impact we have we can't measure And the most important impact we can have is that person that comes in with an idea that's just about to leverage the family farm or the home, their retirement savings, in a business that's doomed to fail. And if we can keep that person from losing that home or losing those life savings, that is probably the best thing that we can ever do for the state of North Carolina. Mm -hmm. That's very powerful. I mean, because a lot of
2: people want you to, as you said, family and friends encourage you to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you need that real life advice. You have to have life that advice.
3: real live rubber hits the road kind of reality. Uh, on the other side, though, the successful part of it is we help start about 750 businesses every year in the state of North Carolina, responsible for creating and retaining over 3,700 jobs throughout the state. Now, if you look at the newspapers, you won't see those splashed all over the headlines. If XYZ, big company from out of state, comes in and creates 1,000 jobs, it's all over the newspaper. 3,700 every year. They're all onesies and twosies, but they add up. Well, they're important it's for that yeah. family to And one of the great things succeed. is those folks probably will not close down for corporate reasons and move to another state. Right. They're going to stay in our state. So we create a lot of businesses like that, and that's one of the the things we do. We have a, a system where we capture all that economic impact, number of loans that are applied for, number of loans that are received, those kind of things. But those are the big things that we look at.
1: You, you talked a little bit about the, the many seminars that are uh, sponsored to the Small Business Center Network. Are there, there are certain types of programming that uh, the center is required to put on or certain types of programming that the the centers uh, seem to have more interest in?
3: Well, they, they do have a core that they're required to offer several times a year, and that includes kind of the basics you'd need to start a business, how to start a business, how to finance a business, how to market a business, Uh, record keeping and taxes just those basic skills that you need to start and operate a business one of the great things about the network though is beyond that core all decisions on what type of offerings are at the local level so at catawba valley you can offer one thing charlotte you can offer something else at the beach, something else. Mm-hmm. It just depends on where you are. Your community is so different. The economy is so different. The type of businesses that will start are so different that all those are local things. Some of the hot things right now are social media. You know, if you have a small business and you're not hooked up into so- social media, you're really missing a lot. How do we find most places these days? We Google it, we go on Yelp, we go on TripAdvisor, and that's how we get to a lot of places. And we want to make sure our small businesses are just as savvy as that as the big ones. Interesting. That's one of the secrets
2: from that article. Yeah. Making sure they're using social media and being a part of it or they'll get
0: left behind. That, That is exactly correct. We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show.
1: In the Charlotte area, Renee, are there certain types of seminars that uh, seem more popular with the uh, folks that come through your small business center than others?
4: Um, I would echo George's comments on social media. That's really where it's at. We're seeing a lot of interest in Google Plus and some of the new products with um, um, social media in Pinterest and other areas. Um, But we do see a high demand in some of our targeted or focused seminars if we're looking at, say, um, how to start a food business and capitalizing on the different demands that we have within the Charlotte region.
1: So, And and who are the folks that present these seminars? Are they uh – People that you recruit from the community, are they professional presenters, or what? How do you, how do you how do you get the right people in front of them?
4: Um, We do have a criteria when we're looking for the perfect facilitator instructor. We're looking for someone who has at least three years' experience actually in that field, whether it be marketing, social media, whatnot. In addition to that, we want them to have real experience working in a business as a business owner. So those are our two primary criteria. But then we go through an excruciating process with them where they're doing presentations for us Mm -hmm. so that we can make sure that they can present very well in front of the room it's one thing to have the knowledge, but then to be able to convey it to the student population.
3: Yeah, and something I'd like to say about the seminars and workshops, these are not full-blown classes and courses. You're not going to get here, go into one of these, and get a lot of theory on how the elasticity of prices and stuff like that. That's just not what we do. You come in, in a couple hours, you get the meat of the matter. You don't get a lot of fluff. It's like, bam, bam, bam. Here are the facts so that you can go on your business because we really just don't have the time as entrepreneurs to go through that lengthy process. We've got to get the information, got to get on It's
2: That's a really good point. So they leave with something they can apply right away as opposed to exactly. something they can
1: think about. Some might say practical.
3: Exactly. Okay, very good.
1: Now we're talking about the things going on in North Carolina, uh, in, I, I don't. And, and we're standing here in North Carolina. I don't know if other states have similar type, small business centers i know that the sba small business administration uh has offices across the country but are there are you aware of other success stories or is this something that can be
3: replicated in other parts of the country Uh, the small business center network in north carolina is really the one of its kind in the nation we're the the largest state-funded technical service provider in the nation every state however does have something that's similar to us and we do have a, a sister agency in North Carolina, the same same of that, which is the Small Business Development Center. And every state has either a Small Business Development Center or a Small Business Technology Development Center. So you can Google your state SBDC or SBTDC, and you will get an answer. There will be somebody in your state that can help you provide similar kind of services. Their educational offerings won't be near as robust as ours. Uh, Their counseling offerings will be good, though. So you can go into those folks, and they'll be able to help you out. They're 50% funded by the state that they're in and 50% funded by the SBA. Most of those are at universities. Some, they're at community colleges. And there's one or two that are at other organizations in different states.
1: And do you interact with those folks, or are are you pretty much
3: just focused on North Carolina? We primarily stay within our state. Uh, We partner quite a bit with our sister agency, the SBTDC, Mm -hmm. uh, which is of that network. But because we're uh, North Carolina tax dollars, we stay in North Carolina and try to help North Carolinians. Now, having said that, if you're in another state and you're looking for the SBDC, they're doing the same thing. Everybody's trying to get their state covered. Uh, We really don't have, and nor does any state have, the resources to help everybody within the country because it's such a mammoth task. So each state tries to cover their own state.
1: You, you you mentioned uh, that uh, each year the Small Business Center Network helps to open uh, you know hundreds of new businesses. And are, are there any you know as you and, and you meet with folks across the state all the time? Are there any? specific businesses or types of business that jump out at you as you've gone gone around. I I know you're a man uh, that enjoys a good glass of wine every now and then and, and uh, you know, wineries or anything else. What, what jumps out at you
3: that you've seen? Well, in North Carolina, uh, sorry, California folks and Washington <laughs> folks, we're, we're dead on your heels on wine. We're trying in Virginia. I don't want to leave you guys out either. Uh, but North Carolina is really trying to uh, grow a robust uh, vineyard, area wineries, and we have some neat startups, uh, some that have been here quite a while. Probably the most unique I've seen is um, I got a report. that There's a winery in North Carolina called Treehouse Vineyards, and I saw the name of it, and I went, well, Treehouse Vineyards, I mean, what's that about? So I looked at their website, and it's a regular vineyard kind of thing, a regular winery, but then they have a couple of treehouses on site. That you can actually go spend the night in the treehouse, and I went awesome. You know, so Very I, yeah, and I'm sitting there going, "Hey, nobody else knows about this yet," you know, because I'm, I'm, you know, this guy. Well, from now,
1: now the secret so, is out, George. Come on. Well,
3: that's what I thought. So I went on and I had an upcoming uh, anniversary, and I said, "I'll take my wife there." Not available. Okay, how about near Christmas? Not available. How about let's move out to Valentine's? No. The first time I could get into that is this coming October. Wow. You talk about a startup that has really hit the market. That's cool. Check out Treehouse Vineyards in North Carolina. You'll see that somebody's got something really cool, and it lets you know that that the traditional ideas – If you're looking for small business, you're looking for entrepreneurship, it's that uniqueness that will drive people through you. So when you're starting your business concept, no matter where you are, that uniqueness is what's going to help you out. Got to differentiate yourself. Yes. And, and uh, out of curiosity, because
1: I've never been to a treehouse winery either. Where, where, where are they located? Or are you allowed to tell? I, you know, I don't want to
3: lose your October uh, date there. I've, I've got a reservation too. So. Okay. They're,
4: they're actually located in Union County in North Carolina, and I've had the pleasure of being there. They have such a popular, pop, popularity within the community. Mm-hmm. There are so many people that are there and on the weekends. It's just. Um, you know, obscene trying to get into the place. But they do have a number of different venues that they'll bring in and different artists. So they're doing um, a number of things outside of just having the tree houses available for rental.
2: Now, are the tree houses a little bit of a liability after you've had a little bit too much wine? <laughs>
1: uh, you might have to sign something there uh, so you don't, don't fall out.
3: out. I would bet you do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well. Well, you know, we at the end of each show we talk about a small business of the month. You know, and 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 uh, you, know, I, I, you, you sort of started us down that road.
3: I don't know if there are any others that you'd like to share. Or are you going to stick with Treehouse? Well, I'm, there are so many. Uh, since I've mentioned one winery on the way through the state this week, I was able to stop at Silver Fork Winery, which is near Morganton, North Carolina. A unique little startup, uh, beautiful ride out there, and. Uh, so there's another winery that's been started by the Small Business Center Network here in the last year or so. And just cool little things. Uh, look What around. started this flurry into the, the winery
2: business? In it's the last really
3: of not a flurry. It's a return Return, to. okay. So if you look back 100 mm-hmm. years ago, uh, North Carolina had lots of horses, had lots of wineries, there are a lot of things that we used to be famous for before um, the Civil War, before Prohibition, and those kind of things. And, and we kind of went off. And now people are figuring out, hey, you can grow some pretty good grapes here.
1: Well, and, and, and we also want our listeners to know that North Carolina does have manufacturing and technology jobs to supplement uh, our wineries and, and, and microbreweries as well. You know, just uh, you know, We're a pretty balanced state when it comes to that.
3: We are. Uh, and that's one of the nice things about North Carolina is if you look within our state we have a pretty good infrastructure for uh, high-speed wireless and excuse me high-speed internet and that in these days if you're looking at high-tech jobs that's where you have to look at you have to see what kind of of infrastructure you have we have google here i think uh, facebook is bringing a, Mm -hmm. a data center here we have the higher tech things like that and one of the things that i think somebody called them lone eagles Uh, people that are out in the middle of nowhere that have their own business that's self-capsulated, that uses the Internet to do all the business. We have those. We have the small manufacturing firms in North Carolina. In that area, one of the things we're seeing is the niche of the manufacturing. Either you have uh, high-tech manufacturing. In North Carolina, we have the third largest concentration of military forces in the United States, We have more general officers in North Carolina than anywhere else in the world except the Pentagon. And we have a lot of troops here. And because of that, we have a lot of defense manufacturing that is starting to be attracted to the states. We are the home of the special forces. So if you're looking at that new cutting-edge stuff that that type of person would use, North Carolina is the place to be because then you could start your little startup manufacturing to cater to them, walk down the street and talk to them.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh Well, that's very good. Well, we very much appreciate uh, you sharing information about the Small Business Center Network with our listeners and with us and spending some time with us today. And we're going to talk, we're going to finish up today with uh, our small businesses of the month. And, Gary, uh, what small business do you want to feature this month? Well, a lot of times I talk about food and beverage, but this
2: month I'm going to talk about a company called Opportunity Threads which is a worker-owned cut-and-sew operation based in Morganton, North Carolina. They value and provide quality, reliability, and a personal relationship with their clients when they want to know what's going on behind the product that they're selling. Like many other small southern communities, which we've talked about, the owners of Opportunity Threads watch manufacturing leave our region, leaving these communities with a lot of unemployment, acres of unused plants and equipment, but in recent years, they've been encouraged by the resurgence of new ideas in energy and textile industry in this region, and they're a big part of that opportunity threads. Their effectiveness and innovation comes from putting the workers at the center through a model of worker ownership and creating a cost-effective business whose assets are rooted and owned by the community. In the larger picture, they're supporting the resurgence in the textile in the southern Appalachia. They have an outstanding forward-thinking owner, and Molly Hemstreet. We're proud to say she's one of our small business clients, and she was also finished second in our regional entrepreneurship contest, the Edison Project. Very good.
1: Well, that's that's an outstanding company. The one that I'm going to talk about today uh, is uh, a product that I came across uh, a few weeks ago. It's called Net Zero Skin Block. I actually came across it because uh, I met a fellow uh, in our community, he is an avid cyclist, bicyclist. And uh, during the winter, he struggles because if, you, you, if you're a real cyclist, you want to do it year-round. But when you get into some of this cold weather and you have exposed skin, uh, it can be very uncomfortable. It can get chap skin, chapped lips, and whatnot. And he was tired of gooping himself up with chapstick and wanted to come up with a new product that would protect him from cold and skin that he could put on his exposed skin. So he started experimenting, and he came out with a uh, product that was olive oil-based formulated from all natural ingredients, no synthetics or petroleum. Uh, He's figured out how to put it in a tube and a stick, and he calls it Net Zero, N-E-T-Z-E-R-O uh he's gotten it placed at some outdoor stores and some ski stores here in north carolina and is increasing his distribution so if you want to stay active in cold weather whether you're doing sports or whether you're working outdoors or whatnot uh it's something that might be of interest to you and you can find out more about it by going to his website which is www.netzero.us and uh there's sort of an interesting product that he came up with uh, uh, that helped him, and he's finding that uh, there are other people that are interested in it as well. So if you're going to stay out there in the cold weather, you should check it out. If you have uh, an idea for our small business of the month, please send it to us at eexchange at the TV. We had a winner last month who won our fabulous Entrepreneur Exchange prize pack with you know, gifts and just amazing things Um, I can't remember what all we put in it you know I I think I was cleaning out my office and we had a lot of good stuff in that prize. pack absolutely in the garage yeah so So anyway please send in your ideas for small business of the month and if we pick yours you can be the winner of our prize pack and we'll announce it uh, at our next podcast so anyway we appreciate you listening and we'll look forward to seeing you next month have a good one Gary you too another great show Jeff All right. bye bye